a podcast left unfinished. Until now. Hello everybody and welcome back to You Have Failed Some More with me, Sam Vader. Uh, as you've noticed, this is slightly different. This is going out on a, I believe it's a Saturday. Yes, a Saturday. Uh, and the title is slightly different as it is You Have Failed Some More with Say Invader and that uh, that is because we have decided that on if there are certain topics that I feel I have more to discuss about and or just talk about more points that I didn't want to obviously extend the normal episode duration that we would instead do a uh, separate sort of mini-series where this will be I think episode 9.5 where I continue talking about the Clone Wars as alluded to by my little opener there that you may or may not have uh, recognised. It was a little play on a sentence that, quite frankly, uh, well, let's just say it made a big impact on my life. And that, we'll get to that now, actually. We'll start off this this uh, segment, this continuation of my Clone Wars discussion with this. So, picture a... 17-year-old Sam Vader? You were not going to refer to myself as you were referring to myself as Sam Vader like that. It's a bit weird. Uh, so picture me, 17 years old, which most of you can't because you've never seen me. Uh, but yeah, so I was at a party with my then-girlfriend and I was never really one for parties. It was for her friend. I was having an alright time, but parties were never really my scene. Uh, so we were there. They, everyone was chatting and having fun, and I was obviously a massive Star Wars fan. Was it 2018? Maybe it was in 2018, but I would have been 17 when I got it. Um, and I was sitting there, must have definitely been 2018, anyway, and I just get a buzz on my phone. I think, well, this can't be anything in particular. The only person who ever texted me, which was at the time my girlfriend, was was there with me and she wouldn't have just sent me a text while we were in the same place. So I thought, what's what, what's this going on? I looked and obviously at the time it was, yeah, it definitely was 2018. So it was a 10-year anniversary panel for Star Wars The Clone Wars. And yeah, so I knew that was going on. I knew the Star Wars celebration was going on currently. And I knew the panel was going on while I was at this party and I always intended on watching the panel. When I got home, because I really loved the Clone Wars growing up, and I thought, oh, you know, it'd be cool to watch the 10-year celebration. That'd be absolutely fantastic. Uh, but yeah, I got a buzz on my phone, and it said, you know, the little announcement things you get, or news feeds that come through, it said, new Clone Wars trailer. And I was a bit like, what do you mean, new Clone Wars trailer? And then, obviously, it clicked. I thought, oh, it's a, it's a panel. They've clearly done some sort of tribute to the show after 10 years. A little cut mix of the six seasons. Just, you know, and I thought, oh, that'd be quite cool to watch. So I completely disregarded the fact I was at a party in this person's garden, sitting on one of their garden chairs, and uh, clicked on it, and uh, the trailer came up. And obviously it starts out as you'd think a trailer, you've got the stunning shot of all the clone helmets and all the voice lines uh, mixed in from the show, <clears throat> until you get the big sort of shock where the cannon fire starts coming in and it blows up all the clone helmets you can see and it's visually stunning and I remember when I watched it like oh that's a bit cool and then that's when those words the words which I echoed in in the slight intro there the words that quite frankly changed my life at that point <laughs> as 
that might sound sad to some people out there, but for someone who loves Star Wars as much as I do and loved the Clone Wars, it really was a, I suppose, a life changing moment. It really gave me hope. Um, that probably sounded a bit more jokey than it was meant to, but it really did. And it was those words in the normal Star Wars The Clone Wars sort of introduction text saying, a war left unfinished, dot, 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 until now. At that moment, I was thinking, no, it, it, it can't be. It can't be. But suddenly it cuts to footage. It looks more recent. The music starts building, the force theme starts building in the background. And I was like, oh my God, this is new footage. It can't be. Like At this moment, I remember I was getting a bit giddy and bouncy in the chair. Um, but it was after the big finale where you see Anakin Rex and the leader of the Bad Batch. I can't think of his name right now because he's not important because he's not Rex. Um... No, the Bad Batch was really cool. We'll get to that. But I can't remember any of their names. Um, and then it just cuts and you see the logo and hashtag. And it's at that moment you realise when, when you see hashtag Clone Wars saved. I remember I I screamed. I screamed with excitement. Everyone at the party looked, looked at me. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. My girlfriend ran over to me. No, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I went, nothing. She went, what is it? I went, there's going to be a new series of the Clone Wars. And she looked at me like, is that really what it was? I went, hang on. She went, no, no, no. I'm excited for you, but I like you're you're not in trouble. You, you screamed. And I was like, yeah, I screamed. But I screamed because it's another series of the Clone Wars. And uh, yeah, that was... I can remember in detail just me screaming as soon as I saw hashtag Clone War saved. I was, oh, oh, and the fact I'd have to wait almost two years to finally get that juicy last season. But you know what? It really was worth the wait. And I've actually had a lot of time to, to reflect. I've been talking with a lot of friends about Clone Wars recently. And the more I talk about it, oh, the more I love the ending... And the more I think the ending was just so goddamn perfect. But the more I miss it, I want Clone Wars back. I don't want it to be the end. Because I think the brilliance of the Clone Wars was... As I say, I never outright hated the prequels, but I was never a big fan of the prequels. I'm much more an original trilogy guy. I prefer the prequels to the sequels, don't get me wrong. But I was never massive on the prequels. I, wasn't, I never had much of an interest beyond the fact that Obi-Wan Kenobi is the best Jedi ever, hands down. And I like Yoda as well. But I never really actually liked Anakin, which I, I did allude to in the last episode. Uh, well, the first part of this episode, I suppose. Um, which is weird, because Darth Vader is my favourite character of all time. I love Darth Vader. He's my hero, quite literally. Um, but this this series invested me in the prequel era to the point where, whilst the original trilogy are my favourite set of films, I think if there was a period of if we were to talk about it as if it were real, the history, galactic history, I'd find the most fascinating. The Clone Wars takes it. Like, you know, Galactic Civil War's great, and I love Darth Vader. But in terms of scale and everything going on, the Clone Wars was something else entirely. And this is the series that showed that. This series is fantastic, and that ending, you can interpret it in so many ways, and say this is definitely spoiler territory now, but Vader at the end, as he picks up that lightsaber... Me and my friends have been going through everything that could have meant. 
Was he for a minute brought back to Anakin as he mourned Ahsoka? Was he just as Vader thinking, oh, that's just another Jedi off the list? What was that? Because there's also the debate that you can actually see eyes behind the sort of glass or whatever it is. I can't think of the Star Wars term for what makes up the eye part of Vader's mask. But you can actually see the eyes behind that. And there's a debate at the moment going about whether they're blue or whether they're Sith orangey yellow. And obviously, depending on whether we get an answer for that, that really influences what that scene means. Was it Anakin for a slight second mourning his best, one of his best friends, Ahsoka, that he loved like a sister, and potentially Rex, who he now assumes is dead as well? Or was it Vader looking as if it was just another Jedi crossed off the list? I'd like to personally believe that it's potentially a bit of Anakin coming through to maybe mourn for one last time. A bit like you see in Twilight of the Apprentice of Star Wars Rebels, where for a moment where Ahsoka sort of damages Vader's mask and you can actually see Anakin underneath, you you hear his voice, which I know is just because obviously the mask's broken a bit, but you could also interpret that as maybe for a slight second Anakin came back. However, you've also got Dave Filoni did weigh in on this saying, as far as he is concerned, Vader stays Vader until Luke. That is his personal stance on how it works. And obviously he said fans can interpret whatever they want, however they want. But the way he wanted things to go was that Anakin was gone until Luke. Vader was this horrible, menacing, evil machine monster quite frankly machine doesn't even sell it until luke came along and that is when anakin started to fight out again however from comics we know this isn't entirely true there are slight moments where anakin manages to break through like the comic where vader is bleeding his lightsaber crystal red you actually have a flashback where he actually pictures a whole life where he goes he challenges the emperor he kills him and he goes out to find obi-wan and apologizes and his eyes actually do turn blue during this this vision he's having. But immediately his rage consumes him again and he goes straight back to the dark side. Possibly because in Vader's psychology, if he for a moment accepts that he might be wrong, everything he did was for nothing. If he for a minute blames himself as... this. Okay, we're going to a bit of Vader psychology here. I know this is a Clone Wars episode, but Vader plays a big part in this. Let's, he was in it for maybe, what, two, three minutes? But he's a big part of the end of Clone Wars. Vader never allowed himself to find out that Palpatine tricked him. And he never allowed himself to realise that the Jedi weren't planning to take over. Because in Vader's mind, if he admits that it was actually him that turned on them, and it wasn't the other way round, everything he did was for nothing. Where he is now, all... The fact that he's encased in this suit for the rest of his life is all for naught. So he has to constantly believe that what he did was the right thing and the Jedi were the ones who betrayed him. However, we have seen, as I say in comics, there are slight moments where he breaks through. So the interpretation of that scene could be, for a minute, maybe if you do see blue eyes behind in under that mask, that maybe for a moment on finding that lightsaber... Anakin Skywalker broke free for just a second to mourn the death of his beloved Padawan and probably best friend Rex before Vader once again takes over and you get the chilling final scene of the Clone Wars. And 
that to me, in my personal opinion, makes it far more beautiful that Anakin was allowed that moment of mourning, breaking free of Vader ever so slightly until the dark side consumed him again. And that's the brilliance of the Clone Wars. And as I say, my friends and I, we've been discussing this basically vividly for the last, what is it? It's not even been a week yet. <laughs> that was Monday, so it's what, now Saturday morning, 1.22am. So it hasn't been a week. And we've been discussing it so much. Um, just what that whole episode, the whole final arc, and what Clone Wars meant to every single one of us. And actually, I did look at something else this week where I saw a thing about Dave Filoni, where he was obviously a massive, massive Star Wars nerd his whole life. And he was working on, I want to say, Avatar and Nickelodeon at the time. And he got a call uh, from Lucasfilm Animation, which wasn't a thing at the time. So he just thought it was a bunch of the other people because he essentially got bullied in his old workplace for being such a nerd and everything. So he just thought it was a few of the guys just trying to pull a prank on him. He was like, Lucasfilm animation isn't real. So he, for a bit, sort of ignored it. and But just randomly, he eventually decided to return the call. That call was the call asking him to come in and work on a show called Star Wars The Clone Wars. No, work on a film at the time that would become a show. And it's times like that I have to believe everything happens for a reason. Because if he chose to ignore that call as a joke, we wouldn't have got the brilliant show that we ended up getting. So for that, I'd have to hope... You've got to clap Dave Filoni. He has done such a fantastic job with the Clone Wars to the fact where it is so beloved by so many people. And it turned that right. I hear a lot of people slamming on Rebels, and I'm not going to get into that just now. I don't think Rebels is that bad. However, if you compare it to Clone Wars, yeah, Clone Wars is in a league of its own. Mandalorian compared to Clone Wars might piss off some people here. Clone Wars is hundreds of times better than the Mandalorian. Mandalorian's great. Clone Wars is what Star Wars should be. Because I saw someone comment today. This is the first negative comment I've ever seen about the Clone Wars. They said, I didn't really like it. It seemed like it was just trying to teach morals to children. And to that person what i hope they do maybe realize is that's what all of star wars is at the end of the day star wars is made by george lucas to teach philosophy to children very blatantly light versus dark it's as basic as it gets and clone wars is a continuation of that it's trying to teach you life lessons but it does it in the most awesome way you could possibly imagine because it's the Clone Wars, it just... It's so goddamn good. Just before I made this this continuation to the episode, it wasn't even trying to prep. I was just watching some clips from the Clone Wars, in between watching clips of Gordon Ramsay. But we'll balance out my two lives here. And it's so good. I was actually watching, ironically enough, when Maul first takes over Mandalore. And then also when Maul and Savage Press fight Palpatine and get royally fucked up the anus. Because Palpatine's the Dark Lord of the Sith for a reason. And the thing with Clone Wars is that at the end of the day, it, it sets up so much in Rebels. 
it links so much between the originals and prequels, between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. It's a bridge that sustains itself and, quite frankly, holds up either side of it as well. Revenge of the Sith is a very good film. Attack of the Clones is a film. But you've got Clone Wars in the middle that's a bridge. But it's bloody lifting up either end of itself as well. Like, yep, yeah, you know what? I'm better than both of you. I'm sorry, I'm going to offend some people here saying, attack, saying Clone Wars is better than Revenge of the Sith. But maybe it's not better, but I think it is. But it definitely makes Revenge of the Sith better. Like, like I said in the previous part, Order 66 is made so much more meaningful after watching the Clone Wars. You don't care about Order 66 the first time. You don't care about those Jedi dying. Clone Wars is what makes, I think, Revenge of the Sith so great because you understand so much more because you've got Anakin and Obi-Wan like, you were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. But you don't see that relationship too much. They don't really have much interaction in Phantom Menace. Attack of the Clones, it doesn't seem too believable. Revenge of the Sith, it seems like they're brothers and they are. But Clone Wars shows you where that bond was built. So it hurts even more when you see that final confrontation where it's like, you were my brother, Anakin. And you feel the weight in his voice. Like, but that's because of the Clone Wars. Another thing I saw this week, this week's going to be a lot of things I've seen about the show, was Dave Filoni weighed in on the Ahsoka and Maul fight. Who was better? Well, he came in and said Maul is the stronger and better fighter. Ahsoka wins because she learns to conquer her fears and Maul loses for the same reason he always loses. He's overconfident. The one problem Maul never overcomes in his life is he gets too overconfident and that's where he loses. Like with Obi-Wan in Phantom Menace, like with Ahsoka in Clone Wars, like with Obi-Wan in Rebels. He constantly thinks that he's just going to win, gets overconfident and gets cut down. It's, as I say, it's the perfect... Pushing rock up a hill, rock falls back downhill, Maul gets upset. And Clone Wars does that perfectly. Even, well, the whole thing of the Clone Wars is he rises to the top of the criminal syndicates, takes over Mandalore, Sidious shows up and just wrecks him, kills his brother and then tortures him. And it's like, oh, that's, that's nice. Good job, Maul. But this final arc, my god, this final arc, I'm, Maul is a monster, man. He really is a monster. Like just, I know I'd spoke about the first hallway scene a bit, but the continuation of his hallway scene in the, the final episode, the way he's just using the force to lift up clones and force them to fight each other, he's blocking blaster fire with a clone's helmet. He's using the force to just pull the hyperdrive out of a ship because, and not just, you know, a regular size ship. This is a Venator-class Star Destroyer. This thing is massive, quite frankly. No, hyperdrive. And and this whole time, the man doesn't even have a lightsaber to fight with. He literally has the force and his savage brutality. But he does it because, my God, just... Phantom Menace, Maul was cool, right? You looked at it, you thought, oh, he's got a double lightsaber, that's pretty sick. But that was all there was to his character at the end of the day. It was, oh, sick red lightsaber. Oh, it's got two sides. What a G. You watch the Clone Wars. He has a personality as well. He has a character. He has lines. He's developed. 
he wants that power. He was abandoned by his master. He was embarrassed by Obi-Wan Kenobi. He does hate Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think the only person in the galaxy who hates Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, okay. And Darth Vader. And Darth Sidious. There's a lot of Darths that hate Obi-Wan Kenobi. If you're not a Sith Lord, you love Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because, hello there. He's just, oh, I'm not going to get into my Kenobi mindset right now. But Maul is such a developed character because of the Clone Wars. He's become such a fan favourite. Yes, he was a fan favourite anyway, because, like I say, double-bladed lightsaber, so cool! But other than that, what did we know about him? Why did we care? Clone Wars, on the other hand, has made him such a fan favourite character because he has such an amazing arc and personality with his brother. His brother goes out to find him, finds he's gone mad from just wallowing away underground for years. But as I say, he rises up to become the head of all criminal syndicates in the galaxy. Because if he can't get power the way his master promised him, he's going to get it his own way. He'll become his own Dark Lord. And that's what Clone Wars was. It took one-off characters or characters we didn't really have much development for. And made them fan favourites. even gave Boba Fett a backstory. The guy who was super cool in Empire Strikes Back. Died like a bitch in Return of the Jedi. And then was retconned into being a clone in Attack of the Clones. Makes sense. They give him a backstory. They show his vengeance, his quest for vengeance against Mace Windu. And it's stuff like that that really stands out in a show. It's the fact that it gives you backstories to these characters. You see Chewbacca pop up a few times. Because why wouldn't you? It's Chewie. And there's just little nods like that. You know, you meet Bail Organa, you get closer with him, who is obviously the adoptive father of one Princess Leia. You get to know more about Padme. You get to... I never thought I'd say this, right? But honestly, some of the Senate-based episodes are actually really good. Because it delves into the whole... I was about to say politics. What's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Can't think of the word. The legality and whether it's morally right to have a clone army because it's like the military creation act is great but are we just creating these people not giving them a choice there's so many episodes that either the senate delves into that and whether they should spend more on the military which obviously palpatine wants because he wants his big army to kill the jedi there's episodes where you see it from the point of view of a clone where you know they see deserters as like deserting the army is the worst thing a clone can do like you know, dying in battle is honourable, deserting completely, like, that's worth execution, deserting. But you see, there's an episode where Rex meets a deserter, and he's all willing to turn him in. But then he sees that he's happy, and he has a life, and it's at that point Rex starts to question his own existence in the Grand Army. Like, you know, are we just slaves forced into war? And, spoiler alert, yeah, they are. The clones are basically the biggest slave army you've ever seen in your entire life. They are bred to fight, not given a choice, and at the ripe old age of nine, yeah, you heard me right, the clone troopers are nine when they're shipped off to fight. They have an accelerated ageing thing, which makes them age twice as fast. So yeah, they look and sound like an 18-year-old, but they are nine, and the reason they do that, genuinely, in Star Wars lore, the reason they do that is because a child's mind is more obedient, so they can condition them easier, and they are more likely to follow orders because they are children. Let that sink in. They are children. 
nine years old, and they do it because they're more obedient. But they delve into those morals of, you know, good soldiers follow orders, the children slaves of the Republic. That is all... De- Clone Wars basically touches on topics that most shows wouldn't dare touch on. But it does it in such a Star Warsy fashion. But it's weird because these nine-year-old child slaves, they all have personalities. Rex is amazing, you know. Yeah, he's nine years old, but he's so clever. And his relationship with Ahsoka, as I say, I sort of mentioned it in the last episode, but I, the exact quote that always sticks in my mind is when they first meet in the Clone Wars film. And Ahsoka's like, well, if you're a captain and I'm a Jedi, well, then technically I outrank you. And he just looks at her and goes, in my book, experience outranks everything. And that moment, you can see it sort of, it's never really brought up again until Rebels. I think it's brought up in Rebels. But yeah, it is when they reunite in Rebels. But through the series, you see Rex come to respect her as his superior. Because she gets that experience. They get the experience together. And that's the thing. Because Ahsoka was... I want to say... I want to say Ahsoka was 14 when she joined Anakin. 13, 14... Sounds about right when she became Anakin's Padawan. So we'd assume she was older than Rex. Well, by his actual age. But they essentially grow up together and eventually, you know, Ahsoka does get that experience. And it's character moments like that. You know, it doesn't... I know it was brought up again in Rebels for a nice touching moment when they were reunited. (coughs) Sorry. And I really appreciated that in Rebels having that callback. But I like the fact they didn't really make that callback too obvious in in Clone Wars itself. All they did was have that line in the movie and through the show you can see Rex's respect for Ahsoka grow and vice versa. And you can see Ahsoka becoming stronger and that her experience, experience outranks everything. And that, quite frankly, is character development that you can't, you don't get these days. A lot of it's just forced into your face, like, oh, look, I've become stronger now. Look, I'm Rey. I'm, I'm a Skywalker now. Oh, look, I am all the Jedi. Ha! Hey, we won. Yay. Fuck off. I don't... I, this is me personally. But I don't like it when character development is thrown in your face. Like, look, I'm a better person now because I can do this, this and this. And I achieve this. I like it when it's like Ahsoka where she doesn't have to go, oh, look what I can do now. She just does it. She just shows that she's more battlefield aware. She's not as naive as she was at the beginning. She's become a lot more like Anakin and realised that rebelling is the right thing to do, which is ironic for Anakin because he doesn't like rebellions a few years down the line. But speaking of Anakin, I can't stress enough how powerful they show him as and how powerful he should be. Because you've got the Mortis arc where they basically go to the central embodiment of the Force where you meet the father, who's like the balance in between, the son and the daughter, which are basically the embodiments of the light and dark side. It's the light and the dark side of the Force themselves. And Anakin, Anakin subdues them both, right? How powerful do you have to be that you've literally got the dark side on your left, the light side on your right, there might have been other way around in the episode, I haven't watched in a while, and literally he can subdue them both with the Force, one hand each. At the same time, I'm like, hmm, yep, he's a, he's definitely the chosen one. Mm-hmm. That man just subdued the force itself, man. 
However, in the same arc, you see his weakness in the fact that the brother manages to not seduce him, but basically warp his mind. And in doing so, he shows him visions of the future. He shows him Order 66. He shows him the fight with Obi-Wan. He shows him choking Padme, not not in the kinky kind, in, in the kind of Mustafa where he nearly killed her, right? And more importantly, he shows Anakin the face of Darth Vader. Anakin is mortified, and it's that, f- and frankly, it's that fear that motivates him to actually, if, weirdly enough, in that arc, it's the fear of becoming Darth Vader that embraces him to, em- sorry, encourages him to embrace the dark and, you know, try and wipe out to stop it from happening. Which is really ironic that fear controlled him to turn to the dark to stop him from turning to the dark. And it's story writing like that that just blatantly not only foreshadows Vader by showing us him, but by showing how almost easily Anakin could fall to the dark if he thought that was a way to stop a vision that he had been shown. Which is what happens in episode 3. He sees a vision of Padme dying and then falls to the dark so easily in a way to save her. In this way, to stop himself from becoming Darth Vader, he becomes what is essentially Darth Vader. And it it's weird because it shows that, yes, he's unbelievably strong. He can literally control the Force. But at the same time, he can be manipulated by the dark. And you don't... You don't get writing like that anymore, do you? It's... It's really, it's something special. And another brilliant bit of foreshadowing in, in that episode, not episode, in that arc, sorry, is where you get Qui-Gon Jinn's Force Ghost appearing to Anakin because it's a literal hub of the Force, if you want. It's like the Wi-Fi router for the Force. Even though Qui-Gon obviously preserved his consciousness in the Force, but he could never go fully Force Ghost because he hadn't completed that training. But because this is a hub of the Force, he can project his physical form into Force Ghost. And he speaks to Anakin. And Anakin's like, you know, I don't know what to do. And Qui-Gon's like, do you know what? I... By the way, it's Liam Neeson comes back for it, so it's pretty cool. And he's like, do you know what I believe? I believe you'll bring balance to the Force. You'll embrace your destiny and you'll find your own way. That's not an exact quote. But that quote really stands out to me. Because if you really dissect it, that's Qui-Gon accepting that, yes, Anakin is the chosen one, but he's not going to solve everything the way that, to quote Palpatine, the dogmatic view of the Jedi have portrayed it. Because Qui-Gon was always one to not fall into the politics of the Jedi. I think he he saw what the Jedi didn't. He saw that the Jedi were sort of becoming corrupt by politics. But he still stood by them because he was rooted in the light, but he followed the will of the Force. And I think he had, maybe he hadn't directly foreseen Darth Vader. But I think in a way, Qui-Gon Jinn had seen that Anakin wasn't just going to follow the conventional path and be the chosen one. But he was the chosen one. He would find his own way and he would bring balance. Which, of course, Anakin did. He didn't do it the way the Jedi wanted or expected him to. But by the end, he defeated the Sith. He destroyed the Sith, in kill- basically killing himself and Palpatine on the Death Star going to ignore the sequels, that sort of, tr- that's my, I'll throw this caveat in right now, my biggest problem with the sequels is literally the fact that they trash over Anakin's entire six film arc, so that's my, that is genuinely my biggest problem with the sequels, that they literally go, oh, Anakin Skywalker had a great six six film arc, 
let's shit on it and then give Ray his surname anyway just for extra spite. Nice one. But no, I think Anakin's arc is perfect in that way. And the way that Qui-Gon basically foreshadows that in going, look, I believe you are the chosen one. I believe you will balance. Will balance? Will bring balance. However, you'll find your own way. You won't do it the way everyone expects you to. But you will do it in your own way, in your own time. Which, as I've said, Anakin does. He Yes, he becomes Darth Vader. Yes, he executes Order 66 and goes around killing Jedi. But frankly, balance isn't zero Sith, loads of Jedi. Balance is balance. And the way I always saw it as a child, and I still sort of see it like this now, ignoring the sequels, that what Anakin did was, at the time, if we look at it, what they essentially was was two Sith in Palpatine and Vader, two Jedi, Obi-Wan and Anakin. I know there were maybe other Jedi knocking around for a bit, but Anakin wiped them out. The two he couldn't get rid of were Yoda and Obi-Wan, and then there was him and Palpatine. Two Sith, two Jedi. Darth Vader kills Obi-Wan. However, there's a new hope in the galaxy in Luke Skywalker. He has become strong in the Force. Yoda and Luke, Palpatine and Vader. Two and two. <clears throat> Episode six. Yoda dies, right? I know this is going a bit off the Clone Wars now, but this is all going to link back to his arc. Yoda dies. You've got Luke left, right? But to beat Vader, you see Luke taps into his anger. He becomes... He uses his anger to beat Vader. He taps into the dark, but returns back to the light. Vader then kills Palpatine, but in the process, he damages himself beyond repair, and Vader is also set to die. That leaves just Luke, Right? But Luke isn't a regular Jedi. He used the dark there. I'm not saying he's a flat-out grey Jedi. But Luke, like his father, found his own way. He he learned from Yoda and Obi-Wan. But he still felt emotion. He felt attachment. There was a new form of Jedi in Luke Skywalker. One that was rooted in the light. But wasn't afraid to accept the dark was there. And maybe even tap into it and his emotions. But keep himself rooted in the light. Maybe like a better version of Mace Windu who wasn't an arsehole. So my whole point of that, that I used to think as a child, was... Yeah, there was still balance. Because you've got Luke. Luke was that balance in the Force. And he was then going to train a new generation of, yes, Jedi. But ones to not necessarily fear the dark. But stay rooted in the light. Which is another reason the sequels fail. Because they make him afraid of the dark and lash out at... Kylo over having slightly dark feelings so that's where that breaks my theory apart but you know the sequels have done that but the whole point of that discussion was to say that the Clone Wars foreshadowed all of this they played into the fact that Anakin was yes a hero but was never going to do it the way that everyone thought he would Anakin was always destined to be Vader there are so many hints at that through the show where he shows his dark side but he shows his dark side whilst remaining good. And that's where I personally, sorry, I just choked on my own breath. That's where I think the Jedi failed in the end. They didn't embrace the fact that you could use the dark and come back. And that was Anakin's ultimate sentence. He'd been taught that he couldn't come back when he could. But the show shows that he could the whole time. There are multiple times he tapped into his anger. But immediately came back to being the kind-hearted Jedi general that Ahsoka and Rex and Obi-Wan knew him as and that's that's the brilliance I think of the Clone Wars and I am hoping 
because I know there are still other unfinished episodes that were never released, they do end up releasing them. Because I remember I saw another a clip. This is one of my favourite clips from Clone Wars, and I really hope it gets released, like, properly made and finished, where everyone and Anakin are talking about Ahsoka leaving the Order. And Anakin just makes a comment going, you know, how would you feel if it was me that had let you down, that had disappointed you, and, you know, how would you sleep at night knowing I'd left the Order? And Obi-Wan just replies going, well, not very well, I suppose, but fortunately that will never happen. And that line sort of just gets me every time, because as an audience... We know that's going to happen in the biggest fashion in history. Like, Anakin's going to go full 180 and try to kill you. But it's writing like that and the foreshadowing and, say, the brilliance they build up Anakin's character. I don't need to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi that much because he was always perfect. Whether you're looking at Ewan McGregor, Alec Guinness or The Clone Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi is perfect. End of discussion. You can't beat him. No, you can't beat him. No, cool, done. That's sold. And that's the brilliance of the Clone Wars. It's the characters. It's the writing. It's the story. It's the fact that I had to speak to Cornelius to agree to let me have another 40-odd minute session to talk about how much I love it shows how much I love it. Frankly, I could do You Have Failed probably for a whole year on how much I love the Clone Wars. I won't do that with you. You will only get this part two. Maybe later, later, way down the future, you'll get another instalment where I'll talk about the Clone Wars. But this will this will be it. But I, I hope that does show how much I love the Clone Wars and how it actually means to me. The fact that me and Collie have agreed that I now can have a separate segment for my show where I do continuations if I feel I have more to say. And I hope everyone always remembers that this segment was born out of my love for the Clone Wars. So you have failed some more with Saiyan Vader. I hope everyone from now on remembers that that is a love child of me and the Clone Wars. That isn't just, you know, we thought I should have another segment. That's, I love the Clone Wars so much. We're going to invent another sort of spin-off segment for me, just so I can talk about it some more. And that's really annoyingly coming up to 40 minutes, because I wish I could talk for so much more about everything it does right, from... Grievous to Dooku to Ventress. Ventress is a brilliant character that gets fleshed out in this series as well. Ahsoka, oh, I love Ahsoka. Rex is the best clone ever. And his Order 66 scene breaks my heart every time you see the tears running down his face. Compared to Commander Cody, who is so happy to shoot at Obi-Wan, it's unreal. Kind of comical, really. The big contrast there. But Clone Wars... Oh my god, I oh I'm gonna miss it so much, man. Really am, and all the memes I keep seeing, all the all the things I keep saying, seeing all my Facebook po uh, pages I follow, they break my heart, man. Genuinely, are breaking my heart every time I have to realise that this show, this show is over. The last time I felt like this is when Arrow ended, and yeah, I'm heartbroken over the fact the Clone Wars is over. It's one of those things I was so excited for it to come back, but. I was so excited that I forgot that that meant it was going to end. But you have to try and remember the good old saying by... I can't remember who it's by, so I'm not going to butcher it. I think it's George Orwell, but I'm not sure. It's probably not. Don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened. And that is true. I am so happy that I got to experience The Clone Wars. And honestly, if you guys out there haven't watched it yet, I implore you, go and watch The Clone Wars. Search online what the best episodes to watch are if you don't want to watch the whole thing because you can just pick and choose but i implore you watch the clone wars 
if you love Star Wars and you love good storytelling, watch it. It's it's the best thing ever for a Star Wars fan just to sit and binge watch, other than the films. But I'd rather watch Clone Wars over a lot of the films, if I'm honest. Honestly, just, just give it a shot and love Clone Wars for what it is. Because we salute you, Clone Wars. Good soldiers follow orders. But good shows break the fucking mould and do an amazing job. So, honestly, I know I said it at the end of the last episode, but I need to stress it again. Clone Wars, you have not failed. You know, you've succeeded in every way I could ever imagine, and I will miss you so, so much. Yeah, I don't really know how, how to end it, because, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys, and I really do hope you enjoyed again. If you did... I hope you listen, keep listening. Uh, we want to keep building this community. As I say, we have the Discord server. We have all the stuff, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, the actual show page and my page. I have my YouTube as well. So genuinely, thank you so much uh, for listening. Go and watch The Clone Wars. You won't regret it. And uh, I'll speak to you on Tuesday when I'll be back with another topic. Speak to you then, guys.